Hi there. Welcome to Rome Business Radio. This is the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight, and we are coming to you from the Hardy Realty Studios, and we the Hardy Realty Studios, and we work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I am Roger Manus, and we are joined today from the Rome Floyd Chamber by Pam Power Smith, and our guest is Allie Mitchell, the Executive Director of the United Way of Rome. Hello, ladies. How are we today? Good morning. Everybody good? Yes. Well, Pam, you're relatively new in your position there at the Rome Floyd Chamber, and you were just joking before we started the podcast here that you haven't actually met Allie yet. So, so Pam, meet Allie. Allie, meet Pam. <laughs> hey, Allie. <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> I'm going to have to start hijacking these from Jeannie every week so I can meet all the new people that are on the screen. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah, for, for those listening, we are on Zoom. Uh, we're social distancing and, and doing the podcast via Zoom, so we're not in the same location. And uh, I actually had not met Allie either until just a few minutes ago, so I find it funny that I was just introducing the, the two of you. Um, so, uh, and, and Allie, you are, you are broadcasting from the First Methodist Church in downtown Rome, I believe you said. Um, I am. We're in their serve Rome space. Okay. Uh, so you have, you have only been in your position uh, a year or two, is that correct? At, at the United Way? I, a year and a half going on 45. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what that feels like. So just, <laughs> just, just give us, if, if you could, a broad overview of, uh, the United Way of Rome. And I, I know the, the United Way is into a lot of different things. So just uh, talk about if you could in big, broad generalities, what the United Way of Rome is up to. Yeah. So, uh, as of a year and a half ago, we transitioned from a traditional model, which is basically um, leaning on workplace campaigns that sort of run themselves and then giving out traditional grants, which are competitive. So our agency partners um, and local nonprofits have to compete with each other for that money. And we wanted to create a situation where we're driving um, team ups and collaboration and building community. And so we decided to move away from the competitive grants process. And we got into um, a new model where we bring our agency partners together around the table and we identify what the community's highest needs are. And it is a community-led, community-first model so that as a community, we're deciding how we work together, how the pieces fit together. We're hopefully getting rid of the overlaps. And then we are doing funding as needed um, where the community decides it needs to go. So that's sort of our our quick overview. Was Is that is that a, a United Way model nationally or something you've done locally or just implemented because that's the new direction overall? Good point. Um, so United Ways are actually their own independent 501c3s. A lot of people don't know that. We I are did affiliates. not. <laughs> yeah. So um, we, United Way of Roman Floyd County is and of and belongs to United Way of Roman Floyd County and this county. We, we are here only. Um, we, I think Boys and Girls Club is similar. They're also affiliates. So they have a membership fee. They use the branding so that, you know, you have the trust and you have the support. But what you do in your community is what your community needs and prioritizes. So in a weird way, uh, this may be an odd segue, but what the Chamber of Commerce tries to do for business, you're trying to do for community need by creating connectivity, just communicating and opening those lines so that you see what needs being done where. Is that is that fair to say? This is a business radio platform, so I'm looking for the, the connectivity yeah. that I might understand. Yeah, 100% correct. And also we are trying to do that um, increasingly in lockstep, lockstep with Jeannie and the Chamber. So um, the Chamber started a nonprofit roundtable group and we're trying to align very closely with that to make sure that we're not doing something on the side. They were actually helping to grow and make our Chamber more robust as we build our community. 
Well, that's that just takes us right to Pam Power Smith. She try, she's trying to help make the chamber robust as well. Uh, so, so uh, Pam, um, just give me an update. What's going on chamber wise? I know we got the expo coming up, and it might be in person, it might be virtual, or a combination of both. Um, still to be determined at a later date. Um, what, what's happening at the chamber? Yeah, we do have the expo November 5th. I think you said y'all heard about that last week. We're going to wait till closer to time to decide if that's going to be in person or not. So we have that going on. That's a lot of hard work for Thomas. Um, so he's working hard on that. And other things we have going on is we're really wanting to try to get back to a little bit of normal around here. So, you know, we're starting to have all our ribbon cuttings again, wearing a mask, of course. But we want to be sure that we're providing the services to our members that they're used to. So we're trying to gear back up a little bit and see each other and network in the traditional way along with the new way. But, um, yeah, we have some things coming up, um, you know, in the next couple months. And we really hope to see some people in person. Well, and I know you have been, since you're new as well, and then the pandemic hit, so you've been looking forward to, you've been meeting people uh, in your new role there and, and meeting some of them virtually like you're doing here today with Allie. Talk about if you could, she she mentioned that the, the nonprofit, would you say council, committee, what is it that you had, had your phrase? Uh, the chamber has a nonprofit roundtable. Roundtable, that's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. Uh, just talk about if you could, uh, Pam, the, the need for the business community to work in partnership with the nonprofit community? Yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously necessary. I think everybody knows that. And I think, you know, it just changes year by year, especially in the year 2020 of how that's going to work. You know, I think the relationship may change a little bit in 2020 and maybe into 2021 because if some businesses don't have the funds that they normally have to help our nonprofits, that may just change a little bit. Um, And Allie can correct me if I'm wrong on that prediction. But um, I think definitely the relationship is still there because anytime you're in some sort of crisis, um, I do think the best comes out in folks, especially our businesses, and they know that our nonprofits are important to the community. So I think they're just going to find the best way they can to help them, even if it's a little bit looks a little different than it has in years past. Yeah, I think we can all agree it would be nice if we could on 2020, if we could just do a redo, restart. <laughs> um, but it is what it is, and we're all adjusting and adapting. Allie, have you found that you know, the pandemic has affected everybody and businesses and individuals and jobs and the economy. I mean, as, as a nonprofit, uh, what, what challenges has that presented for you guys? Um, a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, it's the, if, it's the if, lifeblood. Speaking to that relationship, I would say that our businesses can't operate without our nonprofits and our nonprofits can't operate without our businesses because those same employees who have faced um, furloughs and layoffs and lost time at work, um, who have needs in order to be able to make sure that they're still coming to work and getting their own time and their families are supported, our local nonprofits are the ones who are meeting those needs. And it's because of the support of those businesses and the individuals there, you know, through campaigns and through giving that all of that is possible. So it really is kind of a great circle if we do it right and if, if it is informing itself. Um, most of our nonprofits and it have canceled pretty much all of the fundraisers for 2020. So it's really important for our business community and our community at large to understand that those nonprofits are only just beginning. Some of us feel like we're over this, right? But they are only just beginning to feel the impact of this. So most of their fundraisers last year were great. Everything was normal. We started this year 
and everything's been gone. Um, it's going to affect grant funding. It's going to um, affect how much people are able to give. You're absolutely right. But also, I hope that it affects the way that they give. Um, and, and by that, I mean, I hope that we can look at what the community needs and not specific missions, which is what we're used to doing. We need to get all those missions together and we need to say, what does Roman Floyd County need? Because at the end of the day, our jobs aside, we live here, we work here, the outlying communities, people come in, live, work, that kind of thing. So um, it's gonna be very difficult. And I, I think that our nonprofits are doing a very good job of trying to come together and trying to team up more. And that's exactly what we are um, completely sold out to. If you wanna know what the United Way of Roman Floyd County is now, we are, uniquely positioned to be able to pivot pretty much constantly based on changing needs. And that's a really important role. We sort of accidentally on purpose fell into. <laughs> accidentally on purpose. Sometimes that's the best way. When yes. you, you, you mentioned the nonprofits and the United Way as the connectivity. Can you give me some specifics on, you know, the different, the, the different nonprofits that you work in conjunction with? Yeah, so we have um, two different programs going. One um, was our very last transition out of competitive grants, and that happened last year. Right. We extended those for two years to offer stability. So our first priority is going to be making sure that we secure the funding for the $185,000 for the seven fully funded programs that we have. And those are programs that are run by the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club, the Exchange Club Family Resource Center, Summit Quest, and Living Proof Recovery. Okay. <laughs> and then our second, our second model is, is what, what we kind of were referring to where we bring agencies together, where we're building community and identifying, we're, we're transitioning to that. Okay. Um, I'm going to shift gears here. Let's go back to Pam here for a second. Um, one of the interesting things, Pam, is y your background is in chamber business, correct? You were, you were in Opelika, Alabama. <laughs> Opelika, Alabama. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for me to say. Uh, and you're relatively new to Rome. What is your imp what is what has been your impression of the Rome business community in in its working with with nonprofits in the United Way? Um, since you kind of have a unique perspective in your new position. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of an outsider view for now, anyway. Yeah, yeah you're um, one, you're one of us now. <laughs> you're, you're back. I think I think from what I've seen so far is it's very similar to other communities all around, um, at least in the Southeast, um, that there's definitely an understanding of the needs and then, you know, generosity. And I hope that is able to continue, like I said, you know, for this year. But from what I've seen so far, again, Allie is welcome to disagree with me. Um, I've seen really some great support and but what you also see in every community is everyone kind of has their passion projects, right? So like if a business really feels strongly about children, they're going to support those organizations. Or if a business really feels strongly about something else, they're just going to lean that way. Um, and maybe those leanings change this year a little bit. Who knows? But, you know, I definitely have seen that before that they kind of stick with the one or two that they feel strongly about. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Allie, you touched on something that I, I want to follow up on. Because of the pandemic, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that your cash flow is just, for lack of a better term, you're kind of hitting the, the, the critical need now. Is that, is that right? So even though the pandemic started six months ago, y'all were kind, the dollars were still kind of flowing from last year and into early part of this year. Is that, is, am I saying this correctly? 
That's right. And now because most nonprofits set their budgets based on their fundraisers, you know, uh, through this year, and that's to fund their next year at least the first six months. So you're you're kind of hitting a critical stage now as you look into 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so what are the yeah, solutions? What, what are the solutions besides? And I know you're working on everything, but your the roundtable and awareness and things like that, and especially when you're doing this transition. From which is, it seems like it's an, an added uh, issue going on head to head with a pandemic. <laughs> I know I'm just making it worse and worse and worse, but uh, so, so how are we fixing this? <laughs> well, so it was last year, um, but we made that transition quickly. First of all, because we had to, um, we, we needed to um, prioritize transparency in our organization and build trust. Um, as we changed that from what United Way had been before and, and the changes that it had gone through over the years. Um, so we made those changes last year and they did affect organizations last year. This year, um, this is the second year of grants, right? Gotcha, so okay. that transition was already made. And when I say accidentally on purpose, that's what I mean. We, we accidentally on purpose got that done because we had to. Um, but this year it positioned us exactly where we need to be for this community. Now, does that mean that we or any other nonprofit will be here next year. I don't know. You know, but that's the thing. We've moved from thinking in years and months to thinking in days and weeks and occasionally months because we don't know what's coming. And and I don't think there are any nonprofits, um, at least across our community, who can guarantee you what's going to happen in the next month or the next six. And that goes for business as well, right? We're all kind of playing it by ear. Um, I think for us, what we are doing, first of all, we want to make sure um, that we honor that transparency. We have zero secrets. We, there are no questions we're afraid of. Um, and that's something I'm very proud of and something that I'll always insist on in organizations that I lead and am a part of. So I'm grateful to my board for helping us make that possible. Um, we are prioritizing the transparency about what we're doing, um, our responsiveness and changeability as things in our community change. So yes, things might change, but it is only because the priorities and the needs in our community are changing. And we're always transparent about it. It's always out there. And the second thing that we're focused on, again, is making sure before we do anything else that we are securing the funds that we have already promised um, from this community to these organizations that the five program, the seven programs and five organizations, because we want to be um, one of hopefully many funders that does not have to go to our nonprofit partners who have already lost fundraising dollars and, and say, sorry, we can't do it. We don't want to do that. So right now, our first priority with funding, with respect to funding, is going to be reaching out to our corporate partners and to our community and really talking about the beauty of these seven fully funded programs, which is a change. Those organizations know they've got that program if they've got nothing else because we fully funded it instead of saying, here's a few dollars here, here's a few dollars there. Right. Um, so a lot of it is, at the end of the day, it's just not only managing, it's managing the, the, the cash flow, it's managing the funding to, to deliver on a promise. Um, all of which means managing relationships. Yes. <laughs> that's all we do all day long. That's, that's, that sounds like the chamber. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, and hey, Roger, I have a question for Allie is, you know, obviously the absence of the fundraising events, the fun things that people have been doing is the major problem. You can't have the events to raise the money. So, is there anything cool that some of the nonprofits are doing to try to being creative to replace those in-person fund fundraisers? Or is it just simply an ask for cash donations? Like, is there anything that, what's that middle solution of 
either you have an event or you just ask for money or is there something creative <laughs> happening in the middle? I'm seeing all, all of those options, actually. Um, some of our nonprofits are trying to do uh, online virtual events. Um, as you can imagine, those don't tend to do as well as your in-person, have fun, everybody get together events, but it is something. Um, there's been everything from online art auctions to, um, sorry, I almost lost you there, to uh, doing virtual dinners, um, I think. And One Community United usually does the really beautiful dinner um, out across the bridge. And this year they're doing that as a virtual pickup. Um, that is their biggest fundraiser. They are leading the work on diversity, equity, inclusion, conversations around that in our community, which is a healing, very necessary thing for our community to do. Um, and that particular fundraiser, while it's virtual, you order your meal, you go pick it up, and then you know you go enjoy it with your family, but you're still supporting the work that's being done every day and all year long. So different things like that are happening. Um, there are other organizations, I think, who are just kind of waiting to see um, how things shake out. If they really relied on a fall fundraiser, maybe they still get to have it. Um, International Paper and Jenna Guzman and, and team are really amazing for doing a um, golf tournament for us. Um, okay. And it in no way competes with uh, funding for other organizations because the money comes from vendors who are outside our community. Um, so we really look at, as United Way, money that doesn't compete with our organizations in any way, shape, or form that we can be a value add completely to the community. Um, and, and the biggest thing that we do uh, is just be a United Way because of our national partnerships. There's um, Kellogg and Kroger and Publix and International Paper and so many more. Um, those come with national corporate gifts. So hundreds of thousands of dollars come into our community and other communities where there are United Ways just because you are an affiliate and because you have a corporate partner positioned in your network. So we bring in that money just by being a United Way and doing the work that we do. Yeah. Wow. Good question. Good answer. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's funny. Everybody's having to adapt because, you know, we touched on earlier that like the expo at the for the chamber, y'all are having to plan for both. That, you know, but the, I think we're all trying to find the middle ground in whatever business we are in or, yeah. or nonprofit. There's virtual. There's uh face to face and then there's you know but but it's all relationship driven as as Ali alluded to whether it's doing yeah. conducting business or um I want to talk about your your backgrounds um uh Pam you're from Rome originally right Have, do I remember this correctly no you're not not <laughs> <laughs> my sister has lived here several years but we didn't grow up here that's what it was right and and um but prior to you came here from the Opelika Chamber, but how did you get involved in Chamber of Commerce work way back when? Well, like, what's your um, path? <laughs> well, I started in downtown development, um, and then before that was with tourism. So I like to say I've done all the things. Um, so just have always had that sort of straight out of college, had that sort of municipal relationship type, you know, jobs, et cetera. So started in tourism. Went to downtown Opelika, then went to the chamber. So just kind of a natural progression of things. And and Rome came because of a family connection. You came to Rome, okay? That's uh, correct. My sister has lived here several years. We moved my parents here last year, um, and it was time for me to help her with my parents. I got gotcha. you. So. And now Allie and I were talking. Allie and I were both born in our Murchie. <laughs> actually i was born at born at, at the time it was called floyd hospital now it's floyd medical center but um so we got the r Murchie thing going and if you mispronounce our Murchie, that's how we know you ain't from around here 
Uh, <laughs> you know, if you try to go Armucci, we know you ain't from around here. Uh, so, so, uh, so Ali, just tell me about your career path. If anybody's listening that is interested in, in how one finds their way into nonprofit work, just tell me how you kind of school and jobs and all that stuff. Yeah, um, I think the the really honest answer is that I was the kid who wanted to do and know all of the things, and there was no career path for that, right? So when I got to college, I took all of the classes. I have enough credits to have probably two degrees (laughs) beyond what I have, but um, I think that the important thing for executive directors and CEOs of nonprofit organizations, similar to the business world, is, is that we have to do a little bit of everything, right? So all of that kind of drove me to this direct path, but I actually did AmeriCorps. Um, and that was just a year of uh, service. And of all the places in the continental US I could have been sent, I had Rome, Georgia as my hometown. So I came here um, and I worked with um, a local group that did financial assistance and food assistance. And from there I met uh, Bill Davies, um, who was infamous around these parts. And Bill is the namesake of the homeless shelter, um, Davies Homeless Shelter. And um, so Bill called me up one night and said. Uh, there we go. We sorry. lost you. We lost you for just a split second. Go ahead. <laughs> Bill called you up one yeah, night. I had a resume and I said, um, yes, why? And he said, do you trust me? And that's pretty much the story of how I really got into nonprofit. Um and I also learned an important lesson about trusting Bill Davies because that's how I ended up at the Davies Homeless Shelter. I was there for 10 years. Um, it was a really good experience. And then um, I wanted to branch out. And so from there to Red Cross um, and from Red Cross to United Way. And you lived in North Carolina for years, right? Is, was that part of the Red Cross? And then you, so you're, rec- you're rec- recently, recently back in mm-hmm. this job brought you back. Right. So Rome called. <laughs> Rome actually technically did call. <laughs> like like uh, I use a sports analogy here. I, I hope Bear Bryant uh, was the head coach somewhere else, and I have forgotten where he is. And Alabama called to offer him the job at Alabama, and he he said, "Sometimes Mama calls." You know, he That's right. <laughs> uh, he just had to go take the job because Mama called. Um, so, but, but Ali, obviously, the, your path has been driven by. a a human compassion, you know, uh, something is within you that says, go serve. Um, so, which is, which is why the homeless shelter and Red Cross and United Way, just where did the, where does that come from? Is that just who you are? I think a little bit, sometimes you're born with it, but I also think that it comes very much from, um, the parents that raise you and the, the mentors that grow you, um, and make an impact on your life. Um, so, you know, throughout school, throughout college, uh, my heroes have been E.O. Wilson, who's all about the environment and um, care, and it, it transitions and translates into caring for each other and how it's not just caring for humans, but we have to care about the world around us as well. Um, so to me, it, it's, a, it's a great big picture. It all fits together. Um, and that, I think, is how I see the world. And I think that that's what you need as an executive director or a CEO. You need to be able to to hear the needs and the goals, and you need to be able to see how they fit into the bigger picture, put it together, and then get moving. Um, I'm not someone who likes to sit back and wait. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, what is your relationship with the chamber uh, since you've been back? Is that is is that grown, or are you, are you finding everything mutually beneficial as y'all work together moving forward? 
Um, as United Way of Roman Floyd County, um, as of January 2019, we won't do anything that isn't mutually beneficial for the community. Um, and and just just flat out, if this is not the best thing for the community, then it's not working. We don't compete. Um, if someone is doing something, if we can contribute to help make it better, great. If not, we're going in a different direction. And we've done that a few times. We've changed directions a few times because some organizations would say, no, we, we think we've got this. And we go, great. All right, we'll do this. You know, because there are plenty of problems and there's enough to go around. Um, I am, I am very, very blessed to be able to uh, be learning how to serve on the chamber board. Um, so that's been an honor. Uh, and I, I have boundless, uh, untellable respect for Jeannie. Um, so it's been a good relationship. Um, I'm much more involved now than, you know, previously when I was in Rome. And um, so that's been a good experience. And I've seen the chamber make some really great decisions towards supporting nonprofits and making sure that nonprofits are recognized as businesses as well. And also um, the nuances that go along with that and supporting nonprofits. So one of the ways I think that um, Jeannie and I have discussed partnering is uh, United Way of Rome and Floyd County did a resource guide for the community. And that is to ensure that people know what agencies are available to help, how to reach them and in what ways they help. Um, that helps our nonprofit partners it, to not have so much calling for inappropriate things that they don't um, help with. It also helps our business community. If you think about um, you're in a business or you're in HR and someone who is on your team has a need or a crisis, it's a resource that also helps our businesses. So it's a really good um, middle ground that I think bridges at the bottom. We're all human, right? So whether you're a business owner in, in the profit world or the, or the nonprofit world, then you, you need to be able to connect your employees to resources and you may need them yourself. So I think that that's one thing um, Jeannie may be able to help us share that out um, through the website so that people can access information. I got you. I, I'm going to insert a joke here that's probably in poor taste, but I have run many pro uh, businesses in my life that were supposed to be for profit that turned into nonprofit just because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that in, but, but, uh, but Pam, that has to make you guys feel good over at the chamber, um, that she's feeling the love of the connectivity of, of her world and your world, because it's all really just one world, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and that relationship is what makes everything work. Um, and I also respect Jeannie so much. So that was sweet of Allie to say that. Um, yeah. I mean, I th it's just a big circle. We all help each other. It's how it, it's how things work well um, when everyone's on the same page and moving towards the same goal, which, and that goal is a great community and everybody has their part doing that for sure. Are you sensing through the pandemic here, Pam, you, you know, you, you touched on earlier, everybody's trying to get back to normal or at least a new normal, uh, just from the business perspective for a minute, uh, you know, we're seeing a little bit more hustle and bustle around town and, 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 you know, traffic and, and, uh, but more people out and about, um, some people wearing masks, some people aren't, um, uh, you know, don't, don't want to get into all of that necessarily, but just the fact that, there seems to be dollars flowing again more so than three months ago when people were really shut. Is that what you're seeing? Is that what the chamber's experiencing? Yeah. Yes. I would, you know, we would agree with everything you just said. And I think it is people just wanting to get back to whatever resemblance of normal is. Um, but then I think, the attitudes are just different. So you're seeing on social media, these businesses really just opening up and being honest with 
where they are, you know, oh, we've had a horrible July or we appreciate all of, we appreciate our July from our customers, et cetera. And I think it's opening up a dialogue that didn't traditionally happen. I mean, I think on social media, businesses used to be very, not standoffish, but they weren't trying to form a relationship with the people following them on social media. And now they are, and it's working. I mean, you know, they're putting it out there like, Hey, we're only going to be open these three days this week. Everybody come out and people are going out. So, I mean, I think it's definitely more of a, not just look at us from afar type business relationship. It's um, going back to the circle we were just talking about. It helps everybody, you know, like if someone shops here, it helps them, then they can give back to a nonprofit. Like it's just a huge circle all the way around. Yeah. Allie, how important is it for, for, I mean, it's, this is going to sound like a stupid question, but it's very important that life get back to normal as normal as possible, but specifically for nonprofits, how important is it for, in the economy to get going again, for, for businesses to be open, for those dollars to start flowing so that people do have the, uh, the wherewithal to, you know, give, give funds again, things like that. Um, is that critically important or are we, are we just all working through this together? So I think the most critically important thing from my perspective is that Instead of, as nonprofits, let me limit that to my field, (laughs) we look to how we adapt and how we change. And we allow this to show us that there are all of these amazing tools and resources and other ways that we could have been using if we were willing to think outside the box. If we embrace change and if we don't think of it as a horrible, awful thing, what it teaches me and what I think it's teaching certainly the nonprofit sector is that we have to be... um, We have to be more movable and changeable. We have to not be locked into an old, an old way of doing things. We can't say, well, that was our mission. And so we're going to do that forever. And, and same thing for our donors. You know, yeah, you can't oh, yeah. say, well, I've loved that mission. You can, <laughs> I've loved that mission for 30 years. I'm going to keep giving to only that mission because here's the thing. What we get is a lot of redundancy. We get a lot of overlap and we get failing nonprofits that are hanging on instead of nonprofits that are aware that are looking out and again, community first, community led, what do we all need and why do we really exist? If you're in a nonprofit and you don't truly exist to end whatever it is that you're trying to solve, then we need to reevaluate that. And we're all humans. It's easy to do that. So I think that that times like these uh, remind us we need to reevaluate and check ourselves. Why do we do the work that we do? What's the most important thing? that our community is whole, that our community is healthy, that it's connected, that we are moving forward and building a better world. And then we have to look back at our missions. We have to look back at our role and we have to say, how do I fit? And do I need to change? And is this approach working or is there a better way? And I think your businesses are having to do the same thing. Yeah. It's interesting um, because business people I have talked to and in my own world and, and, and Pam as well, uh, there was the initial jolt of the pandemic where everything shut down and oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And and now we're finding our way with schools and businesses and things like that. But also just the adaptability. Some of it is of the human spirit. Some of it is of the human intellect of finding the path through the chaos that that makes the most sense. That might even be a new better path. We would not have even explored the path 
Um, like using a business example from a for-profit business, um, the businesses that have like added a drive-through that did, uh, you know, a restaurant that added a drive-through that did not have it before. And now they're realizing the profit potential of the drive-through and they're going to keep a drive-through, you know, things like that. There is people are using their humanity and they're using their intellect to chart paths that they might not have looked at before. Is that fair to say, Pam? Oh, for sure. And I think people are being surprised by the lessons they're learning, for sure. Um, and I think just the other day, I've heard of a couple of restaurants that are not even going to have dine-in ever again. They've just figured out that it's more efficient for them to do the pickup and that they can do double the business, you know, that way. So that's interesting, too, like things people are learning about themselves, um, which is not surprising that in times of crisis, we learn things about ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, opportunity out of chaos. Yeah. Um, what is, uh, Pam, uh, website information for the chamber if people want to get involved or contact information for you? Sure. It's realmga.com. And I do want to point out, we have a lot of job listings on our website, which is encouraging to us that we're seeing that. So if anybody's looking for a job, go to realmga.com. Um, you can find information about um, our expo coming up and then our other events coming up in the next month or two. Okay, great. And Allie, any final thoughts from you? And if you could throw in some contact information, website, email, whatever, uh, so people can get a hold of you or the organization if you need to. But just final thoughts on on uh, your work there at the uh, United Way of Rome. Yeah, uh, so you can find us best at uwrome.org. Um, that's a direct link to our website. All of our information is there, and I work very hard to keep it updated. So as things change, you can find what, what the changes are there. It should be current, you know, within the, the past couple of days. Our Facebook page is also fairly reliable for that kind of information. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be having some great conversations with our interagency council for preventing homelessness, which is a partnership between Floyd County and City of Rome. Um, and that is that is taking that idea of bringing people together and identifying and addressing needs and blowing it up um, and really making that community wide and community-led. So uwrome.org has all our information. How do you, do you feel find yourself, how do you do your marketing? Is it, is it word of mouth? Are you just the United Way and everybody knows it? Um, is it social media? Is it, <laughs> I'm, yes. just, I'm, I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking a marketing question just because I got interested all of a sudden, even though I'm trying to wrap up here because I'm taking too much yeah, of your time. A lot of it is, is conversation. <laughs> it's reaching out and, and again, connecting human to human. Um, our board of directors is about to be really ramping up you know, reach outs to people. But um, the other thing is, I'm going to go hardcore Methodist on this one since I'm in the building. It's very work as witness. You know, we, we did, we made some sweeping changes and they were not without some controversy, but we did what we felt was best for the community last year. And now it's starting to prove itself. And so I think that sometimes in order to rebuild trust, in order to you know, get people to understand and accept change. You just have to shut up and do it. You just have to prove it. Um, keep your head down. Keep working. And I think that that we are starting to see the results of all the the changes that we made, and um, we're starting to encourage people to keep the faith. And so for me, it's just transparency in every single outreach that we have, and more importantly, we're proving it. Um, and that's the most important thing. Fantastic. I feel like I just finished with John Wesley. 
that's a that's a, that's that's a Methodist church church reference for for people out there who don't know. Google it, Google it. Uh, all right, ladies, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's Allie Mitchell, the executive director of the United Way of Rome, and Pam Power Smith with the Rome Floyd Chamber of Commerce. This has been the Rome Floyd Chamber Small Business Spotlight coming to you from the Hardy Realty Studios. We work in cooperation with the Rome News Tribune. I'm Roger Manus with Rome Business Radio. Thanks for listening.